All right, this is probably part 16 in a sermon series that I would call sermons I wasn't planning on preaching, but I felt compelled to because of COVID-19. It seems like I've had to pivot quite a bit, and even though I plan sermons out well in advance, sometimes I change them because of the circumstances. And today's one of those days where I felt compelled to change what I was originally planning on preaching on, which is through the Ten Commandments, which Lord willing, we will start that next week. But today I want to do something a little different. Uh, so we're going to be in our Old Testament in Exodus chapter 4, and then we'll move on to Ephesians chapter 6, and we're going to look at a little bit of Moses, a little bit of Paul, and to get you thinking in the direction of what I want to talk about this morning, what I feel is something really important that we need to talk about, we need to hear. And here's the big question I want to keep coming back to. Who is the enemy? Who is the enemy? Over the Christmas break, my son, Christian, who's five years old, has developed a love for Star Wars. And for the last month, we've used these two plastic swords as imaginary lightsabers. If you've ever watched Star Wars, you know what a lightsaber is. And uh, often he, he will give me my sword right here and he'll take his and we'll have uh, Star Wars battles, lightsaber battles. And at first, when he was kind of learning about Star Wars, he always wanted to be a, a character named Anakin Skywalker. And he told me I could be Obi-Wan Kenobi. And so we would do these lightsaber battles. But the more that he learned about Star Wars and learned kind of the, the history and the story and read some of the books and things like that, what he came to discover... And here's a spoiler alert if for some reason you've never seen Star Wars, that Anakin Skywalker winds up becoming Darth Vader. Anakin Skywalker uh, succumbs to the dark side and he becomes the enemy. And once my son figured that out, he no longer wanted to be Anakin Skywalker. In fact, he said, okay, I'll be Luke Skywalker. And then he gave me my sword back and said, you can be Anakin Skywalker. Once he discovered who the enemy is, he no longer wanted anything to do with it. So who is the enemy? Let's think about that. Now we're going to look a little bit into the life of Moses here. And in Moses, in Exodus chapters 3 and 4, Moses has this remarkable conversation, this back and forth with God. God appears to Moses in a burning bush. And at this point, Moses is 80 years old, and he had been living away from Egypt, away from his own people, the Israelites, for over 40 years. And then all of a sudden, God appears to Moses. And at first, there is a, an enemy, what I would call the enemy within, that Moses has to do battle with, that God causes Moses to look at this enemy right in the eyes and face this enemy. And I, personally... I feel like I've faced the same enemy in my own life, the enemy within. In the summer of 2019, I, I had been asked to speak at a church camp that I grew up going to. The church is the camp is called Netsis Camp, and it was the 30th year for this camp. So I was honored to be able to speak at it, and it was six sermons for the whole week. So I was the keynote speaker, six different sermons. But around this time in my life, and I'll be a little bit vulnerable here, and I'll be completely honest with you, uh, I was going through some, some inner battles. I was struggling with some self-doubt. I was struggling with the ability to public, be a public speaker, and that's kind of hard to, to do when you're a preacher if you, if you struggle with that. 
struggle with self-doubt. And this was a, a, a tough and strong battle. I won't get into all the details, but I will tell you that fear had worked its way into my, my nervous system, into my inner being. And so as I was preparing to not only preach on Sunday mornings, but to preach for this camp, I was in, engaged in a, in a pretty strong battle. It's hard to, to really truly express how difficult this battle really was. So I was sitting here in this shed. This is in my backyard. This is my shed. And I was spending time with God. I do a lot of battles in here. I do a lot of prayer, a lot of scripture reading, a lot of sermon reviewing and preparing. And I was sitting here summer of 2019 in this shed praying and reading God's word. And I was reading through Exodus chapters 3 and 4. And I came to, to this text that I want to read to you in Exodus chapter 4. Verse 10 through 12. Moses said to the Lord, Pardon your servant, Lord. I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. And the Lord said to him, Who gave human beings their mouths? Who makes them deaf or mute? Who gives them sight or makes them blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go. I will help you speak, and I will teach you what to say. When I was sitting in this shed, reading this conversation between Moses and God, and I heard and I read these words that God said to Moses, it was almost like God was speaking directly to me. I, I really believe that, that God, through his word, spoke to me that day. And he gave me the exact words that I needed to hear. When fear was poisoning me, when it was crippling me, when it was causing so much self-doubt and worry about the future, through God's word, he told me, look, I gave you the ability to speak. I will be with you. I will give you the words. And that was all I needed to hear to press forward with not only speaking at that camp, but for the rest of the next year and a half, two years, whatever it's been since then. Is that what Moses needed to hear right there in Exodus chapters 3 and 4, what Moses needed to be reassured of is that, yeah, he's imperfect. Yeah, he's not a great speaker. There's a lot of things that Moses was lacking, but what Moses really needed was to first deal with himself with that enemy within that was telling him, you can't do this. And God made him look at that enemy within right in the eyes, stare it down. And God told him, I'm going to be with you. I will help you every step of the way. I will give you the words to say. So I went on and I spoke at that camp and it was a great week. I really enjoyed it. A little bit of that fear was still there, but God was with me every step of the way and God has been with me every step of the way since then. I felt like sitting here in my shed, Lord willing, this is our last week of online-only worship, that this was an appropriate time to share Exodus 4, to share that story. One, because we're reading through Exodus right now as a church, and I hope that you're following along in the reading plan. But also because I think we really need to think about who the real enemy really is. For Moses, it was that, that adversary. 
Or some counselors would say that adversarial voice in your head telling you it's not okay, it's not going to be okay, you should be afraid, you may be embarrassed, you may lose your job. That adversarial voice is an enemy that I have faced many times and I'm sure a lot of you have as well. My favorite quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys, probably my favorite football player of all time is Tony Romo. And many of you probably, if you're a Cowboys fan, you remember the football season 2016 uh, during the preseason. Tony Romo was injured. He hurt his back really badly. And he was out for about three, three and a half months. And in the meantime, Dak Prescott comes in and we all found out pretty quick that Dak Prescott is, he's a great quarterback and, and obviously he had won the starting job and Tony Romo was no longer going to be the starter. And for about three and a half months, nobody really heard from Tony Romo until finally he held a press conference one day. And the words that he used were very humble, very supportive. It showed why he's a great leader. It showed how he was in full support of Dak Prescott, and he would fully accept his position now as the backup quarterback. But he said something in that press conference that I agree with, that I think is, it's been really important to hear, and I think it'd be important for you to hear right now. And this is what he said during that press conference. He said, Lastly, I want to leave you with something I learned in this process as well. I feel like we all have two battles or two enemies going on. One with the man across from you, and the second is with the man inside of you. And I think once you control, once you control the one inside of you, the one of, across from you doesn't really matter. And I think that's what we're all trying to do. And I love that quote from Romo. In fact, I've shared it before in sermons is that what he discovered during that process is it's not about the person on the field that you're going up against. It's about the person within this battle, this enemy that's going on within you. And once you learn to face that person and deal with that person, then the enemy out there doesn't really matter quite as much. And that's what Moses was dealing with as God spoke to him in the burning bush is first Moses had to learn to deal with that adversarial voice that's in his head. That's what I would call the enemy within. But there's another enemy that I'm thinking of. And the enemy, it's going to be COVID-related, but it's not COVID. COVID's not the enemy, and that's not what I'm thinking of as this second enemy that we need to face and need to be aware of. But I think COVID-19 and all the struggles that have gone along with it COVID has caused us, or maybe God is using COVID, to look at this other enemy right in the eyes and be willing to face this enemy. This last year has been incredibly hard. It's been hard on everybody. We've said it hundreds of times. You know it. You've heard it on the news. Everybody's experienced it. We've had to make tough decisions as a church, as individuals, as families, and not everybody has agreed on those decisions. Not everybody agrees on what to do with masks or with social isolation and all this. I could go on and on, and I don't want to get into all of that. But one thing that I'm aware of and you're aware of is there's a lot of COVID fatigue going on. We're tired of it. People are tired of dealing with it. But the problem is that what that is starting to create and what I'm really starting to notice, especially in the last six weeks, is this COVID fatigue is creating a lot of relational strife. And unfortunately, it feels like people are starting 
to turn on each other. The people are getting angry with each other. People are saying things to each other and about each other that are unnecessary and they're not very Christ-like. And I feel compelled today to share this with you. I feel like God has led me to share with you to really think about not just the enemy within, but who is the real enemy? Are, are we the enemy for each other? Or is the real enemy Satan? Is he having a field day with us right now by causing us to turn on each other? And in full confession, I'll tell you, I've struggled myself. There have been things that people have said and things that people have done that have hurt me, and I start to struggle with some resentment and bitterness like I feel like we all have. So God spoke to me again through his word. And what he shared with me were the words of Paul from Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 12. Who is the enemy? Paul writes, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. That's the message I believe God wants me to bring to you today on this morning, is the enemy is not each other. The enemy, the struggle, the battle that we're up against is not against flesh and blood. The true enemy is Satan and the powers of darkness in this heavenly realm. And we need to be reminded of who the real enemy is and stop fighting against each other and being mad at each other and saying things that we shouldn't say and judging each other. Because when we do that, when we give in to that, then we're allowing Satan to do what he's wanting to do. Satan's strategy, which I believe is to turn each other against each other. And then Satan's winning. There is a real spiritual force and a real spiritual battle going on. And I think it's time that we were reminded that we're called to be warriors. We are called to be warriors to fight back against this enemy. Back up a few verses in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 and 11. Paul writes these words, Finally be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Who's the enemy? It's the devil. Who's the enemy? It's what he goes on to say in verse 12. It's the rulers, the authorities of this dark world and the heavenly realms. That's the real enemy. And Paul tells us to put on the full armor of God. When Paul is writing the book of Ephesians, Paul is a prisoner. He is chained up, probably chained wrist to wrist with a Roman soldier. So you can imagine Paul sitting beside this Roman soldier in this prison cell and using his imagination, guided by the Holy Spirit, to say, you know what? Just like these Roman soldiers have armor that they wear for both defense and offense, as Christians, as followers of Jesus engaged in this spiritual battle, we too have the armor of God. And this is what he says the armor of God is in verse 13 through 18. He says, Therefore put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil 
comes. You may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist and with the breastplate of righteousness in place. And with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. That's what Paul says is the armor of God. It's time to be ready to engage in this battle and this spiritual warfare that we are in. But we don't fight the battle the way the world fights the battle. We fight the battle with the armor of God, the armor of Jesus Christ. One of the ways that we push back against the powers of darkness is that we learn to resist. And I'm including myself in this. We have to resist the temptation to gossip about one another. We have to resist the temptation to judge each other. We have to resist the temptation to sow seeds of hatred or rebellion. We're on the same team. We know who the real enemy is. And if the real enemy is Satan and the powers of darkness, then let's be a people who offer grace to each other. Even when we don't understand each other and even when we don't agree with each other, let's be people who in the name of Christ are willing to listen to each other and be patient with each other, guided by the Holy Spirit. Let's be people who when we hurt each other or when we're hurt, to be willing to forgive and to be willing to be humble enough to say, I'm sorry, please forgive me because this, this is the way of Jesus. So who is the enemy? Well, for Moses, he had a first deal with the enemy within. And we may have to do that same battle. Deal with that adversarial voice in our own heads that tell us we're not worthy, that we're not saved, that nobody loves us, that we can't do it. We have to deal with that enemy. And then we have to also be reminded that the real enemy is not each other. It's not flesh and blood. It's Satan and the powers of darkness. And remember, Jesus defeated the enemy. In 1 John chapter 3 and verse 8, John writes this, The one who does what is sinful is of the devil. Because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. And look at this, the reason the Son of God appeared, the reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. Let's join Jesus in this battle of destroying not each other, but the devil's work. A great commentator named Warren Worsby that I like to read from time to time, he wrote this, As believers, we do not fight for victory. We're not fighting for victory. We're fighting from victory. We're fighting from victory because Jesus has already won the battle for us. And we take a stand by putting on the armor of God and joining him. In Colossians chapter 1 and verse 13, it says, For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves. He has rescued us from the dominion of darkness. 
And the next chapter in Colossians chapter 2 and verse 15 says this, and having disarmed the powers and authorities, referring to Jesus, he has disarmed the powers and authorities and he has made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Somebody at home right now just say amen to that. So let us fix our eyes on Jesus and put on the full armor of God. Let us remember who the real enemy is. And not give in to the temptation to turn on each other, but fight together against the true enemy, which is Satan. I want to conclude this sermon by leading us in the Lord's Prayer. And I want you to pay attention to the words that Jesus teaches us to pray about God's kingdom coming. God's will being done on earth as it is in heaven about forgiveness and about delivering us from the evil one. And let this be our battle cry as we go to God in prayer. Our Father who is in heaven, holy is your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.